Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the Nothing But Locks podcast. I'm your host, as always, Ali Melnicki, and I'm accompanied today by Jacob Schrader. Jacob, how are you doing? Doing well, Ali. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and we had a great episode last week. We talked about some breakout fantasy players that we like. Now we're going to head to rookies. So rookies are an interesting thing because with rookies in fantasy football, it's basically all projection, you know. You can have a guy that you think is going to be good and they just fall flat throughout the year. You have a rookie that just comes out of nowhere. People don't even draft him. And he's just he's just phenomenal. You also have some guys that look like they could be like handcuffed players if they're backups, if they're backup running back. Maybe they're a third or fourth string wide receiver. But rookies are always interesting. And I would say before we get into the rookies, my strategy drafting rookies over the past few years is if I can get them in the mid rounds, I will. I think one of the few rookies I drafted early was when it was like Miles Sanders rookie season. And that kind of backfired on me because if you remember, Jacob, Miles Sanders did not have a good start to his year. I think he struggled his first few games and I ultimately ended up dropping him because I had a few injuries and I had to make room to acquire other other guys off of waivers. But he ended up turning it around and having a good year. So I still kind of stick with that. You know, if I could get some like a good RB3 in the sixth, seventh round, maybe even later, like we look at some of these names this year, Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker, I'll take more of a shot at that. But before we go into these guys, Jacob, you know, what's your strategy for rookies? Yeah, so I'd be interested to hear – like, what was the best you know, rookie performance ever for, uh, you know, from a fantasy standpoint, Ooh. right? How yeah. good be? Because, I, you know, I'm getting the sense they're, they're getting better, right? We kind of saw this with quarterbacks where for a while it was like, you know, first-year quarterbacks, they were helpless, right? And then people came in and kind of changed that mold. I don't know exactly who it was, um, but, you know, guys like Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray, who came in and played okay right off the bat, right? Didn't weren't just interception machines like rookies had been in the past. I think we're seeing rookies be a little bit more just thrown into the mix than they were in years past. Um, so even though it would be interesting to see, you know, how rookies have fared, uh, I think rookies are kind of trending up in the overall direction of fantasy football. If that makes any sense, right? Yeah, I mean, some names that come into mind of recent years that really as rookies fantasy wise stuck out DK Metcalf comes to mind. Like he just, I remember just burst onto the scene. He had an incredible season and fantasy over owners really profited off of that. Yeah. When I try to think of running backs, I mean, Antonio Gibson ought to be a pretty good one. Yeah. That's, that's, he's probably right up there. But I mean, and, and if I'm just really like curiosity, is that kind of what you when you say a successful rookie season, you're looking at what Antonio Gibson did last year? Yeah, I think I think that's about up there. I think really it's just kind of they come out, you know, that you draft a mid whatever, and they just come out of nowhere and really are just one of your top, you know, your RB one or RB two or your wide receiver one two or even three. I'll put them like you know they just have such a great you know season that. You wouldn't, you know, at the end of the fantasy year, you don't think of them as they had rookie numbers. Like they were, you know, you look at like DK Metcalf is just one that comes to mind because he had such a phenomenal rookie year that by his second year, you know, he was getting drafted. He was one of the top running wide receivers getting drafted. So, you know, what do you think about that? 
Yeah, I remember that actually. Um, you know, I'm, I'm thinking a little bit about the positions, right? And, you know, in my head, I see running backs as being able to produce a lot more or just being more likely to produce. Um, but it, it's true, right? DK Metcalf, that's a pretty good rookie year, 967 yards with 12 touchdowns, right? That's that's probably wide receiver 20 numbers, um, right about around there, um, which is good, especially for a rookie. Um, Ali, do you think we, we see a wide receiver this year that puts up 1,000 yards? Well, if there is a wide receiver that I like to put up a thousand yards, it's I've been talking about him the past few episodes, and that's Chris Olave with the Saints because I've watched him for years at Ohio State, and this guy has just speed and can catch the ball. He loves to run deep routes, and he's partnered with a perfect quarterback in that sense, and James Winston, who loves to throw downfield. I think that with Michael Thomas coming back, that only benefits him. I don't think he's, it's going to take away receptions from him, even though you have Jarvis Landry there too. I think Olave has probably, out of all the rookie wide receivers, the best chance. Because also, we don't know what Michael Thomas is going to look like coming back from injury. I think he actually was held out the other day too in practice because he he inflamed something with, it, with yeah. his injured, I think if it was hamstring, I forget. But I, I think Olave has the best chance because – he plays with the Saints that are going to be pass heavy. You know, even with Kamara, Kamara, you see more, you know, of a pass catching running back than a traditional running back. So I think that Olave is on his is on the best team to do that. You know, he I, I'm not worried about Jarvis Landry taking away snaps from him or even passes because Landry's more of that slot receiver. But when it comes to the deep ball, you know, you're going to have Thomas and Olave running deep routes, and I think they're going to get ample chances. What do you yeah. think about Olave? I watched a bit of Olave's highlights, and I, I don't know. I was I didn't go crazy. I do see that he has the speed. He played in you know the, 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 the toughest conference in all of football. Um, I don't know about Olave this year, right, on the Saints. I don't see Jameis as a guy – you know, I don't see Jameis as an incredibly consistent quarterback. And, you know, you read off a lot of names there. There's quite a lot of mouths to beat on the Saints offense. True. And Kamara is debatably going to be suspended suspended midseason. But if he's not, right, he's getting 200 rushes and, a, and 100 targets over the air uh, minimum. And then, you know, the, the interesting one is Mike Thomas. You know, Mike Thomas has been basically AFK for like three seasons, right? He hasn't played football in so long unless I'm, you know, maybe he came back for a little bit, but, you know, am I right there? Has Mike Thomas, when was the last time Mike Thomas even played football? He played in the 2020 season. He missed all of last season with an injury. So it's just been one year he's been completely out? Correct. But you also, I had this conversation on the podcast where I had with Robert yesterday when we were talking about, you know, we were previewing the NFC South. Michael Thomas has never played in the NFL without Drew Brees as his yeah. quarterback. So I'm interested to see if he develops – a the chemistry with with Winston and how he adjusts now to a new scheme without Sean Payton. So you know this is his first season without his head coach and his quarterback. Yeah. So Thomas is one of those guys, you know, you know, just to get away from rookies for a second. That I don't think I'm taking a chance on just because I don't know how he's going to adjust in this new offense. What about you? Same same deal. I don't know if I really you know I don't know if anyone in the Saints is too attractive to me besides Kamara. I just don't trust Jameis Winston that much. I mean, right. I know he had that five touchdown game to start the year, but then he went back to looking like Jameis Winston. Right? And mm -hmm. then he's dancing on the, the leg he broke. 
you know, three hours ago, the, the, right after the game or the ACLE tour. I don't know. I, I, I put it. It's tough for me to put a lot of fantasy stock in anyone on James's team, and and I know that's not really true because he was on the Bucks for a while and he threw so many yards there. But with so right. many mouths to feed, it's just it's not something that just really entices me. Right. I understand about that. Well, while we're on the wide receiver note. You know, I remember, too, in 2014 when being a Giants fan, Odell Beckham just had that game where he just exploded, you know, that one-hand catch. And he really had a phenomenal – like, I remember I told my friend to draft him and keep him on your bench because he was injured, I believe, to start the year. And he won a lot of people fantasy leagues that year when he came after a few games. I mean, Odell Beckham's rookie season was ridiculous. Do I think that Olave has a chance to have that? I don't know, but I mean, I put him up there. Another name, though, I like for wide receivers is on the Cowboys, and that's Jalen Tobert. You look at the Cowboys right now, you know, a lot of people are high on CeeDee Lamb. Michael Gallup is always injured as a number two, and they just lost the newly acquired James Washington to injury, who I believe he's missing the entire season, or he's missing several games. I'm not positive on that one. But I think Jalen Tolbert has the ability to maybe come in and be a solid wide receiver too. You know, what do you think about Jalen Tolbert? Yeah, I think this is a good situation for him. Uh, the Cowboys, it kind of looks like they rotate through young wide receivers, right? They didn't re-sign um, Amari Cooper. Uh, and then CeeDee Lamb, they drafted only a few years ago. I mean, he's in a great spot. Um, I think Dak is is unbelievable. I think Dak, from a fantasy perspective, may be the best quarterback for his wide receivers. Dak throws the ball a lot. He does spread the ball around a little bit, but it's, you know, it, it, the Cowboys will generally have some studs, right? So even though he's spreading the ball around, CeeDee Lamb's always in the game. He's always going to get targets. And the Cowboys just move the ball, right? The Cowboys are good, good, good on offense. So, you know, I think this guy's in a really good spot. I don't know too much about him, you know, about his abilities. Um, but just from a usage standpoint if he plays well i mean he's bound to get at least 50 catches uh you know on the cowboys offense absolutely now let, let's turn because i'm interested to get your take i know you you followed the lions for years being a matt stafford fan but another guy i'm high on you know i don't think he he pops this year i think he has the potential to be a breakout candidate and maybe next year because he is starting the, the season injured. He tore his ACL in the championship in the college football championship game this past January. But that's Jameson Williams of the Lions. And I really like this kid's potential. I think he's a good guy to stow maybe on your bench if you have, you know, a 12-team deep league or whatever. I think he really could come out midseason, be number two to Amon Ross and Brown. I think he even surpasses DJ Chark. So what is your opinion on Jameson Williams? Yeah, I think for sure he passes Chark at some point. Um, he's he's pretty similar build to Chark, but probably more athletic. Um, although Chark was Chark was okay in in Jacksonville for a while. Um, I did watch Hard Knocks, and it's definitely making me. It's going to make me overdraft the Monra St. Brown for sure. <laughs> um, but I just see him having at least eighty catches this year, um, and maybe even a hundred. I think a hundred is probably closer to what he'll get. Um, I don't know. I, I, with the torn ACL, Jameson isn't coming back till like week eight, right? They just put him on the NFI list. Um, I, I'm not taking him. I don't think this is his year, but I mean, the Lions are building something, right? They've got some, 
some offensive threats. They've got a running back. They've got two receivers. They have a tight end. They've got a quarterback who can throw. Their defense is not great, right? Um, but Jamison could be good in, in 2023 for sure. Yeah, he, he's a guy. Now, when I'm looking at, you know, I'm on fantasypros.com looking at the overall wide receiver rankings. And a guy they have ranked up, you know, decently high, but at number 38 overall, he's in the tier five guys. He's actually only four spots or five spots under St. Brown. And that's Drake London of Atlanta. So, Jacob, do you know anything about London? And if you do, you know, what kind of what what do you prospect for him? So, I mean, I know he was the first wide receiver drafted, right? right. And I know he he's good. I think he's from USC, right? Yep. Um, And he's going to Atlanta with Mariota. I mean, that's that's not great. Um, you know, Mariota has probably turned into a much better passer than he was. Right? I'm going to guess, right, Mariota's 28 or 29 at this point. He's not running the ball. Right. Ever. Not going to be a runner. Um, but he'll throw the ball, and he had an okay arm. He always had a little bit of an awkward throw, but he could throw the ball. He could throw the ball reasonably far. Um, so, you know, I think Drake London has a chance. Um, it, it, a lot of it rests on Mariota in my eyes, right? Is Mariota going to be a real quarterback? Is he going to, you know, are they going to play real football this year in Atlanta? Or is it kind of going to be like, you know, okay, how quickly can we throw two picks and lose the game? You know, Robert and I talked about this yesterday. I think Atlanta is basically just rebuilding for the next few seasons. I think Mariota is a placement until Desmond Ritter, who they drafted in the second round. I think they look at Desmond Ritter as their future quarterback. And I think, you know, a couple games in, he's going to be the starting quarterback and Mariota is going to be resigned to the bench. Unless Mariota somehow comes out of nowhere and starts. I hope he does. I like Mariota. Yeah. I mean, I think that Drake London out of all the guys I'm looking at, maybe minus Olave, I think he has the best chance of being, you know, a guy for years to come that we're looking at because we know Atlanta, they love to throw the ball. You know, Cotterell Patterson is their, you know, number one running back. I still don't see him as much as a running back as I do a wide receiver. So I think this is a team that is going to be throwing the ball all. And Drake London, I mean, he he's just like an acrobat with some of his catches. He can go up there and make the catches. And I think, you know, having Kyle Pitts as a tight end, I think that's only going to help London get open more. So, you know, I don't think Atlanta is going to have more than maybe three, four wins tops this entire season. But that doesn't mean, you know, London's not going to get the chances. You made you made several good points, you know, over the course of these episodes that bad teams throw because they're behind most of the time. So London's definitely going to get his chances. Maybe I could see him getting somewhere in, you know, the high, like low 70s, maybe even 80 receptions. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's possible. Um, it, it, it's certainly possible. I, I'd say any rookie on, with a good situation, right? It's attractive. It's just up to the rookie to to do with the the opportunity what he's going to do, right? Well, you know, that's why we find out a lot in year one, right? How do you know T.J. Hawkinson after year one, he only caught thirty some catches, but you knew it was a Lions fan, he was going to be good, right? You could just tell, right? Some stuff you you just need to see. You need to see how the player looks in the NFL uniform if he fits in, if his speed matches, if it's clear that. You know, he just can't, you know, his eyes just can't keep up the pace of everyone else's. Um, that, you know, that's why rookies are dangerous. But then there's guys that, that are in such attractive situations. And there's a rookie discount generally, 
um, you know, that's where the, the real question is. So do you, is there any other rookies, you know, wide receivers before we move on to running backs that really stick out as you, you know, I'll, I'll throw out some names, George Pickens, Sky Moore, Traylon Burks, Christian Watson, Garrett Wilson. Who, who are you looking so at? So I like the, the Washington guy. I like the, I like Jahan Dotson. Okay. Um, so, you know, I watched a few of these guys' highlight videos and to me, so Dot, Dotson's coming from Penn state. So he's still coming from good football. Um, but it just seemed that every time this guy caught the ball, he was, you know, he was open by about five yards, right? And, he, you know, not only that, but he caught the ball athletically. He runs athletically. You don't see him, you know, you know, one of these guys, Sky Moore, I was watching the video, and it, like, it was like every play he was out of balance, right? Every play he was running too fast for his own body, right? That happens in the NFL. When you see players basically fall head over, head over feet, it's when they're, they're moving too fast for their body. And you didn't see anything like that with Dotson, right? Just absolute body control, fast guy, you know, all of his catches were, were wide open, uh, whether they were deep balls or whether he was, you know, playing really well in zone coverage, right? Mm -hmm. I think he has some of those intangibles that you can't teach, right? A guy just gets open because he knows, you know, knows defenses so well. I think Dotson is one of those guys. I think Wentz is not as bad as everyone's making him out to be. This does hurt Terry McLaurin's value a little bit, right? but it could just make the, the commanders an okay team this year on the passing frontier. Because uh, Wentz is not horrible, right? Not by any stretch of the imagination. We know McLaren's a stud, right? What can uh, Jahan Dotson do? Yeah, I mean, I don't know much about Jahan Dotson, but I'm interested because he does come from, like you said, Penn State. And the Big Ten, they do like to throw the ball. So, you know, he he's definitely gone up there. He's gotten his opportunities. And I agree with you. I think that, it, that having Terry McLaren on his team – can help him because people are going to, you know, defenses are going to double team McLearn a lot. And that leaves Dotson with the chance to get open. I still caution just because with Carson Wentz, I don't know if I trust him, but Dotson's definitely a guy like he's a little different some of, than some of the other rookies I'm looking at at this list because he's already slated in the, in the commander's depth chart as their number two wide receiver. So he's going to get the chances. And I think he's actually some guy. I don't. I mean, Jacob, do you think he's even going to get drafted in some leagues? Uh, no. I mean, he doesn't have to be. Yeah. So he's like a guy. You know, you don't even have to draft. And then when the draft's over, you can wait until you know, pick him up right before week one. You know, drop maybe if you have an extra defense or whatever. Stow him on your bench because this is a guy. Now that I'm looking at him, that has the potential to really burst out on the scene week one. And people are going to be rushing to pick him up off waivers. And if you already have him on your bench, you know, you don't have to worry about that. He's there. He's yours. He's yours for the taking. So that's yeah. another point I want to make out rookies is, you know, it's good to have a few on your bench because if you look at and they have these breakout seasons or the, these breakout games in week one, week two, you don't have to rush through the waiver wire and drop a bunch of guys to try to get them or outbid them. I don't know whatever type of waiver wire people have. But yeah, that's a really good person to bring up. I think even as I'm looking at my list of other fantasy wide receivers that are rookies, I probably put him up there. I probably put maybe Dotson up at like top, I'd say three. I think he's right behind Olave, London, and Tolbert, who I really like to make yeah. a difference this season. I didn't realize oh, uh, Drake London was 6'5". Uh, I'm looking at these guys in a pretty good comparison window. And, and the only guy who's really close to him, so... London is six five with a four five eight. 
This guy on on the Packers, who everyone's raging about, Christian Watson from the third round. He's six five with a four three six. Yeah, uh, that's crazy. Yeah, Christian Watson's another one. I mean, when you look at the Green Bay Packers right now, right? You know, they have Alan Lazard listed as their number one wide receiver. I don't think Alan Lazard is a wide receiver one. I think he's a he's a nice high high end high end wide receiver two probably better off as wide receiver three. And then you have Randall Cobb right behind him. Aaron Rodgers, I think that's why he's been so hard on the rookies this training camp is because he's looking at Christian Watson or their other rookie, Romeo Dobbs, as one of his go-to guys. Like he's looking for either of those guys to really step up and be, you know, replace Devontae Adams, let's be honest. So, you know, if I'm looking at both these guys, I don't know who I like more between Dobbs or Watson. I don't think either are, are players I'm going to stow away on my bench. I think Dotson's your better bet to stow on your bench because he's a clear cut wide receiver too for the commanders. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, what do you think? Are you I picking mean, well, up well, Watson or Dobbs? Watson is a good guy to me. You know, to me, Watson's a good guy to just keep on the bench, right? He's like yeah. my last pick. Um, but you mentioned Alan Lazard and he could actually have a, a pretty good season. Um, I know that Packers fans see him as being quite a good player. Yeah. Um, he may not think of it like that, but I- I'd be interested to see where he lines up on the, the rankings. I'm trying to find him. Yeah, it's not um, like I don't think he's a good player. I just don't know if I see him as wide receiver one talent. Yeah, but, you know, he's, if he's getting eight passes from Aaron yeah. Rodgers, right, that's like six of those are going to be right in his hands at the, you know, 15 yards down the field. So I don't know. It's interesting. I got I to gotta sort, sort by wide receivers now. Yeah, I, I don't know. You, he's kind of like you kind of forget about him. Like, I don't feel like a lot of people have been talking about him fantasy-wise this year. I don't even – I'm looking at the rankings right now. I don't even yeah, see He's 36th him. in wide receivers right behind Brandon Ayuk. Yeah. That doesn't make much sense. I mean, he's he's supposed to be pretty good, and he's been in Green Bay for a while. He's like the de facto number one guy right now, I feel like. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how he pans out for sure. But, you know, let's move on to the running backs. You know, we've heard a lot about Brees Hall. We've heard a little bit about Kenneth Walker with Seattle just because those two guys are probably going to be their team's number one running backs. Now, when we were talking about rookies in the past few seasons that really have just came out on the scene and surpassed all expectations, I think your, your closest one would have to be in 2018 when I hate to say it, but it's my Giants again. But when Saquon Barkley emerged and he just had a stellar rookie season, I mean, he was so good his rookie year that people were drafting him number one the following season. But, you know, he went and got injured. So it, it hurt everyone. It hurt his value. So do you see any of these rookie running backs, Jacob, as having, I wouldn't say Saquon-esque year, but, you know, emerging as like a top 15 running back? Were the Giants good in 2018 when Saquon did so well? No. They're terrible. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I, in that case, I don't see why Brees Hall couldn't do similar stuff, right? He's hyped up just as much as Barkley was. I know he has this 99 grade that everyone's going so crazy about from an athleticism standpoint and production in college. Um, but he's going to get so much opportunity in the Jets, right? The Jets are basically going to test him and see, can he be their worker back? And if he can, he's going to be exactly that. They don't have much other option in terms of star-studded talent um, in New York. So, I mean, Brees Hall is the one to me that stands out. He's the one everyone's saying can do it. Um, I, I think he's the only one who has a really fair shot. 
I really like Brees Hall. You know, he's a guy I had a I had a I wouldn't say argument, but I had a friendly debate with a few people the other day. Who would you rather draft? They said Brees Hall or Javante Williams. And I said I'd actually draft Brees Hall before I draft Javante Javante Williams because I still don't in Denver trust that split that he's gonna have with Melvin Gordon. And I don't know, I just don't really see Javante Williams as being that consistent. Brees Hall, you know, you look at his, his stats from when he was with Iowa State. The guy could catch. He had what thir- I'm looking right now. He had 36 receptions his senior year. And, you know, he only played 12 games. That's what college football does. I think he's going to be a very good receiving running back. I think he could possibly get somewhere between 50 and 60 receptions yeah. on the year, which is very good. I really like Brees Hall. He he's definitely toward the top for me. I think if I can get him to be, you know, my RB three, like that's that's great. If I can get him to be my RB two, I think that might be a little bit of a reach. But I don't know where where would you be drafting Brees Hall? Yeah, I like Brees Hall. I like what you're saying about the receptions too. Um, there's not much else in New York, right? I know they just drafted a a, a wide receiver pretty high too. Um, but the big issue is the quarterback. Right, Josh Wilson. Right. Wilson has a good arm, but he's inaccurate. He makes stupid decisions, right? I think him with a good running back will be good for him. I think he'll throw the ball a lot to Brees Hall, right? I think it'll be like a security blanket for him because he doesn't really have a security blanket at the tight end or a wide receiver position uh, in that offense. He's got some good targets, right? That's not horrible uh, in the Jets. But I, I think Bryce Hall is like he's the new shiny centerpiece of that offense, right? Give him the ball, see what he can do. Yeah, I don't think Michael Carter is much of a threat to him. And you're right, because, you know, besides, we didn't talk about Garrett Wilson, really, but he's there. He is there, the Jets' new wide receiver. But, I mean, I mean, I don't think Elijah Moore, Corey Davis, you know, I don't see them as threats, even though I know Elijah Moore did have some pretty good games last season. I think Brees Hall, like I said, I think he's going to be a top 15, maybe even top 10 fringe running back when all's said and done. I really think that they are going to run a lot. You know, Robert Sala is the Jets head coach, even though he was a defensive coordinator in San Francisco for all those years, he still, you know, got to see San Francisco's offense. And we know San Francisco employs a run first offense. So I agree with you. I think they are going to try to take the pressure off of Zach Wilson. You know, he's only in his second year as quarterback. I think they are going to run the ball a fair amount, you know, do a lot of screen passes. So I think Brees Hall is going to get a lot more receptions. I even can, if I'm, you know, if I'm really going to even compare him, Jacob, I think he could finish the year kind of like how Najee Harris did, just come out on scene and just make all these catches. You know, m- you know, get all these touchdowns. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I think that's a great comparison. I think it's it's a similar situation too, um, right? Where where Najee came in last year to a Steelers team that was kind of on you know the, on on its way out, right? Big Ben was going down. They didn't have crazy wide receivers uh, on either side of the ball. They had something, but, you know, kind of like the Jets, right? This new running back was their their offense, right? They didn't need Big Ben throwing the ball 30 times. They needed Najee running the ball 20, 25. Um, I think it's it's a similar deal. I think, you know, it's it's going to be good for the development of uh, the quarterback in New York. I think it's I think it's a, a good situation for all of New York, and, and Brees Hall is going to have a good fantasy year. Yeah, and he's really the only running back that I'm looking at this list that I like as a rookie. You know, Kenneth Walker, he's going to be in Seattle. I don't know much about Kenneth Walker, but I I just, with that Seattle team, I you know, it's like you said, I think they're going to have, if they want to come back in games, they're going to have to pass a lot. 
and I don't really like the Kenneth Walker situation. James Cook with the Bills, you know, that Bills backfield is just oversaturated between Devin Singletary and Zach Moss. Now you have now you have Cook in yeah, there. I agree. The only one I can look at and see potential with is Damian Pierce because if you look at Houston, they have they don't have anyone running the ball right now. I think that they have Marlon Mack who hasn't played in forever since he was with the Colts. He's one that if he makes a name for himself, he could come out and have a solid rookie season. Do you see anything from Damian? Yeah, it's a good situation for him, right? He's going to be like a a shiny new guy on a team that kind of sucks. They're going to run the ball a lot through him, right? I I think he's in a great position to get a lot of touches. The guy I think, um, you know, could – be the highest value like and, and for any certain game you know isaiah spiller to me could have the highest right. value just because you know if, if uh the starter on los angeles eckler, if eckler. He gets hurt, right you know it, it just goes right to spiller and i don't see that running back position as being like oh you know if Spiller's not as good as eckler he's gonna suck no he's still gonna get like six catches and and have 80 yards on the ground just because you know, Herbert takes up so much space with, with his arm. Uh, I'm taking Spiller with my last pick, right, just as a, a handcuff, really. Yeah, we mentioned handcuffs before. I think Spiller's the perfect handcuff pick because Austin Eckler, as good as he is, he's he is getting up there in age. He does have a tendency to be injured from time to time. And let's be honest, the Chargers are probably going to lead the league in offensive snaps this season. Like, they're just a scoring machine. They're going to go out. They're going to throw the ball. They're going to run the ball. They're going to run play action. They're going to run screens. They're going to have deep balls. They're going to run everything at you. So I don't think Isaiah Spiller is a bad pick. I think he's perfect. If you do have Austin Eckler, make sure you do take Spiller in your later rounds because, you know, you, you just don't know how, how Eckler is going to be this season. So I, I'm with you. I really like Isaiah Spiller. Yeah. Do you know if this is, is if, if Isaiah Spiller is related to CJ Spiller? I don't know. That's a good question. Seems I'd a have a little to, bit, little bit young to be so. I'd have to. I definitely have to look that look that up. But you know, another name I want to just throw out there before we move on to some quarterbacks is Rashad White because he's with the Bucks. You know, he has a chance to be Leonard Fournette's backup. We saw, you know, last season when, um, I'm I'm blanking at the top of my head, but the Bucks backup. See, oh, um, do you Giovanni remember Bernard, what's that? Is it Giovanni Bernard? Giovanni Bernard's on the team now, but I'm trying to remember who the Bucks backup was for years. Oh, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, he yeah. was. He was a small guy. Yeah, he was just not really that good, but somehow he would come in some games and just I don't know out of nowhere get some some touchdowns and everything. I'm gonna look it up right now. Because it's driving me, like, literally driving me crazy. Ronald Jones. Yeah. Yeah. Ronald Jones, as bad as he was, you know, he would still be good for a few games to come there. And, you know, as a backup, he had four touchdowns. That's not terrible. And Kayshawn Vaughn, you know, had two. So, if you look, the Buccaneers backups had six touchdowns in between them. So, do you think that, you know, being on the Bucks this season – there there's plenty of you know passing and rushing to go around do you think Rashad White's worth a play yeah I do I think he, he he's just as good maybe a little bit worse than uh 
Spiller from a Hancock perspective, but I actually think Fournette is more likely to get injured. True. Than, and yeah. we did see him get get injured last season for a few games. So, you know, that's he, he does have that injury history. So, yeah, I agree with you. I think Spiller and White are definitely your two handcuff guys if you have Fournette or if you have Eckler. And so let's, you know, before we move on to running backs, I mean, to quarterbacks, you know, let, let's talk about that, about this first, because last season we saw Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, Mac Jones, and Zach Wilson of the Jets all pretty much come out as the starters. Neither, none of them had any type of good rookie season. Do you see right now? We don't have any rookie quarterback starting the year. We have Kenny Pickens. Pickett is probably the best choice because he's with the Steelers and he might take over for Trubisky. Same thing with Malik Willis taking over potentially for Ryan Tannehill. But are there are, are any of these rookie quarterbacks worth drafting in your opinion or stowing on your bench, Jacob? I don't think so. Um, I, I really don't think so, no. Um, Malik Williams. I, I want Malik Williams to succeed. Unfortunately, there's been some videos that have came up uh, have you seen those of him, you know, swigging alcohol right before his college games? No, but that's yeah, good. He, was, he was drinking like uh, fireball shots right before oh, in his uniform too, just, you know, sending them on Snapchat. So that's not good. And, and you know, I don't know. I saw he threw a touchdown in his last preseason game. Malik Will- Willis did. Um, but, it, you know, he didn't do very well. He was seven for 17 for like eight right. yards. Uh, he's not replacing Tannehill immediately. Hopefully he does. Uh, in, in, in the long term, because I don't want to look at Tannehill any longer. But uh, I, I'm not touching any rookie quarterback, no. No, even in your two quarterback leagues, I don't think any of these guys are worth it. Even Desmond Ritter on the Falcons, he's going to start at some point this season. But until he does anything, I just don't think any of these rookie quarterbacks are worth drafting. So, you know, we're not going to spend a lot of time on it. But I do want to shift from rookies to – Let's talk about the Browns and the fantasy impact of Deshaun Watson. Now it's pretty much a done deal. He's going to be suspended for the first 11 games of the season. So let's start with Nick Chubb, you know, Jacob. With the Watson suspension and Jacoby Brissett, it looks like he's going to take over as quarterback the first 11 games. Does this increase or decrease the value of Nick Chubb? I think it increases it. Uh I don't know. It's tough to say that because obviously the Browns aren't going to be as good of a team, but you know, I don't think Brissett is probably that bad. I think Brissett is probably, you know, an okay quarterback. He can certainly throw the ball far, right? They're they're not going to, it's not going to be like you're playing against someone who can't throw the ball. Right. And the the box is going to be stacked like crazy, right? You know, Amari Cooper can spread the field and that makes Brissett's arm even that more dangerous. So the box is going to be plenty open. They're obviously going to run the ball more so than they would, uh, with Watson at quarterback. Um, so I think it increases. I don't think it changes it that much. I still am very high on Nick Chubb. Yeah, I'm high on Nick Chubb too. And I, I agree with you. I don't think it does much to either diminish or enhance his production this year as running back. I think that, you know, it, Nick Chubb, you draft where you should. I think he's definitely a top 10 running back for sure. One guy that I do think it decreases the value of though is Amari Cooper because Brissett really isn't known to be a great thrower of the ball. You know, we've seen his success in the Colts and, you know, just backing up other teams. I believe he backed up the Dolphins last year and had a few stars for them as well. 
I, I don't think that it helps Amari Cooper. I don't think it hurts him that much, but it definitely decreases his production. What do you think? Yeah, it, you know, you can't say it helps him. Um, the only way you, you know, the only thought there is that, I mean, I could see Brissett throwing some bombs, right, when they're down by 12 or, 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 or 20. But just from an overall perspective, right, if they're playing close games, Brissett's not getting them the ball more than Watson would. Um, so I would say, yeah, I was never too high on him anyways. I, I don't know. I, I don't love him as a receiver. Uh, he makes some good catches. Yeah. And he's fast and he can, you know, spread the field. Well, I don't know. It, it'll be interesting actually, depending on where he's slotted, he could be, be some, you know, he could have some serious value, right? Cause Deshaun Watson's coming back in week 11. Right. Yeah. And I think that's the point I want to emphasize on this is listen, like, you're still going to have these guys, you know, once Watson gets back, they're not just going to sit, they're going to try to compete. You know, they're not just going to, they're not folding this year and, and, and saying, you know, we just want a good traffic. There's still going to be in contention. You know, if Brissett could keep them hovering around 500, once Watson gets back, they'll still have a chance for the division. They'll definitely have a chance for the wild card spot. So Amari Cooper's one where, I just would warn people, you know, don't draft overdraft him. Definitely don't overdraft him. But if you see a lot of people passing on him, give it a shot because he's not going to suffer a ton, ton of decrease in production. But once Watson gets back, I think he's going to be one of the better wide receivers towards, you know, week 12 on. What do you think? Yeah, I think I think you're probably right. Uh, he's he's his average ADP is 29 right ahead of Elijah Moore and Michael Thomas, right behind Chris Godwin and Rashad Bateman. That's tough. I, I probably like Lamar Cooper more than, than that group. I probably might like him more than Jerry Judy. I probably like him more than Gabriel Davis, Brandon Cooks, Deontay Johnson. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I like him more than Judy because I'm very high on Judy, but definitely more than you know Elijah Moore and, and all those other guys that you rattled off. You know, I you know he's still going to be Cleveland's number one guy. So I I think that he he's you know again I think people are going to be passing up on him because they just considered the whole Jacoby Brissett factor. So if you see a few people passing up on him and taking you know Elijah Moore, Deontay Johnson above him, swoop him right right up because this guy could be a sleeper. Now another guy that I know you are high on is David Njoku. So how do you think this decreases or increases his value, Jacob? Uh, you know, pretty similar to Amari Cooper. I would say, you know, he may get a little bit of an increase just because he's a, a tight end and unskilled quarterbacks generally rely on tight ends, right? They're right next to him. They're big targets. They catch the ball. Um, I think it's okay for Najoku. I'm still going to take a chance on Najoku, right? The more I think about this, the more I see it as, you know, the Browns are going to get blown out for the first eight games of the season, but they're going to be throwing the ball because of it. Um, and maybe they're maybe they're still a good offensive team, right? You don't really know um, until the season starts. But you know, Najoku, this definitely hurts him. But I still see him as okay. Yeah, I, I'm one that I do think this hurts him a lot. And you know, he's a guy that I thought could be a tight end sleeper. I just I don't think I'm taking a chance on him now. I think there's too many other good tight ends that you can get 
in the later rounds that will definitely have more receptions than him. Because I, I just don't really think that when Jacoby Brissett was on the Colts or even the Dolphins, I don't think he really utilized the tight ends a lot. Like, you know, you had Mike Kosicki with him last season on the Dolphins. I really don't think that they just had too much of a chemistry. So for me, I don't know. I think Jalen, I mean, I, sorry, I think David Njoku is just a pass for me. But now let's go to Deshaun Watson. So is he a guy, Jacob, you know, we know what he can do when healthy. Like he's one of the best, the best quarterbacks in the game. Is he a guy that you draft like pretty high up and just stow away on your bench? I'm not drafting him, but I think, I think it would probably make some sense. Um, I think people may have forgotten how good he was on Houston, right? He took a Houston team that was horrible and turned them into a, a competitive team. He he has the arm, he has the smarts, he has the the athleticism. He really has it all in a way that may, maybe no other NFL quarterbacks do. Right? Right. He's basically a wide receiver who can throw the ball with touch because uh, he does not lose his balance in the pocket. He can run. Uh, Deshaun Watson is crazy good at football. Um, I'm not really. I don't play quarterbacks too hard in fantasy. I you know I take a pocket passer. You know, really at Stafford, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't mean, listen, from a fantasy standpoint, he's going to be one of your top guys once he does come back from his suspension. I, I you know, I don't think that the layoff's going to hurt him too much. I think he's going to come back in and still be great. Whether you want to draft him on a moral level, I know I've encountered many people, probably myself included, that just from a moral standpoint, based on his actions, don't want to draft him. So I totally understand that. But, you know, if, if you're, if you feel all right drafting him, I think that at, at least, you know, if you're in a one quarterback league and you have a decent quarterback, it's not, you know, it's not too bad to stow him away on your bench because like you said, Jacob, he's going to come back. He's going to, you know, Cleveland's going to be vying for a wild card position. He's going to be throwing the ball. I really think that if, you know, if you're not, if you're not loving your quarterback situation, you know, say you have one of those mid-level guys like a, a Kirk Cousins or, you know, someone about along that same kind of caliber, Matt Ryan, something like that. He's not a bad guy to turn to, you know, mid-season and really give you a good playoff push. You know, if you're prepping for your postseason, especially, you know, he, he is a guy that you're going to want to start come fantasy playoffs. What do you think? Yeah. Uh, I'm kind of forgetting about this. Why was everyone so hyped up about Jacoby Brissett a few years ago? He was, you know, one of the guys where really just came from, you know, Bill Belichick's offense. You know, he took over a few games that Tom Brady was suspended for. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, so that was the main thing. He was like the third guy with Brady, Jimmy G, and it looked like he was all of a sudden a star too. Yeah. Because <laughs> he was playing in, uh, in New England. That's funny. Yeah, and he just did not fit. You know, he's not the more than a backup at this point. I mean, he did okay. I mean, 2019, 18 touchdowns, six picks with the Colts. That's not horrible. He's always had a low completion percentage, though, right? Yep. That is very true. Always around, like, 60, which is super low in today's, today's league. Yep. Well, you know – that's pretty much the Browns for you. I think that Chubb is Chubb and Cooper are definitely, you know, I don't think it loses their value too much. Najoku for me, I'm going to pass on Watson. I'm just going to pass on just for, you know, I don't agree with what the guy did. I think he should have been suspended for the whole year, but if, if that, you know, 
doesn't bother you. It is fantasy. You know, it is just a game. Then, you know, go ahead, draft him. I think he will be very valuable if you're making that playoff push. But, you know, unfortunately, we are running out of time. So I don't want to spend too much time on the Browns. But, you know, before we go, Jacob, you know, you do you have any last thoughts or anything, rookies or the Browns? Um. I don't know this. All the, all these podcasts are getting me excited for the season. <laughs> um, I'm I'm just counting on the days. We've been we've been doing a lot of TikToks on, you know, 16 days into the NFL right. season and what cool 16s happened in NFL history. I can tell you that the uh, Music City Miracle was completed. You know, the the play started with 16 seconds left on the clock. Um, so if you like cool stuff like that, and I you know I did a, a player profile on David the Joku yesterday so if you like that follow us on tiktok it's at zen sports would be awesome to see you there awesome yeah and next week you know we're gonna go we're gonna do probably a 10 team mock draft jacob and i see all the different scenarios you know we're gonna act like independent managers so that should be a very fun episode and i'm sure everyone's getting ready for the drafts this week i mean you know we're entering the third set of preseason games the final ones season literally starts two weeks from today so i think this is the perfect week to get in your fantasy draft. So, you know, I hope Jacob and I have provided everyone out there with some good insight, with some good opinions, some popular, some just our own takes. But, you know, it's never it's never too bad just to listen to everyone else's perspective. You know, Jacob's convinced me on some guys just talking with him the past few weeks. I'm sure I've helped Jake convince oh, Jacob yeah. on some, some guys. So it's always good to hear that different perspective. Awesome. Yeah, I had a lot of fun this time. All right. Well, we'll see you guys next week and have a good one. Take care.